Yeah, all right. Welcome, gang. It is uh, Bowerly News Radio 930 WBEN. And uh, yeah, from uh, from time to time, uh, David and I are going to do uh, end of his show, beginning of my show, swap offs when we can. Sometimes it's not that easy because sometimes we have commercials to cut. Um, sometimes buttons don't work. <laughs> but uh, B-Maz and Beamer do it with David. And uh, it's... Uh, yeah, I today. Yeah, it, it's you know what you 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 always um, evolve and and do new things. I like bringing Josh Schmidt into the show as well because Josh knows a lot about football, knows more about hockey. But it, when people know more than I do about something, I think I do you a service by bringing them in as opposed to uh, pretending I know like what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Okay. Anyway, uh, welcome gang. So nice to have you with us. I want to thank uh, my ex-wife, astrologer Cassandra Joan Butler for being with us the first part of the program. Um, Her appearances are really popular. Uh, She's got a huge fan club and it's, uh, it's the strangest thing, but the internet has really made her in the astrology world um, and literally an internationally known person. And the number of followers she has in Australia is mind-boggling. I have no idea why Australia. Why not New Zealand? Why not, why not the UK? I don't know. But she's really big in Australia. So I was going to get her a pet kangaroo for Christmas. <laughs> Here you go, Sandy. Enjoy the kangaroo thrashing around your house. Oh, the tail just took the head off. Oh, sorry about that. But anyway, uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And I, I say this a lot, but uh, many of you are going through nasty, horrible, wretched divorces. And I'm going to tell you, I, I cannot emphasize that your divorce no matter how horrible it is, was not any worse than ours. We we had it was like a celeb it was like a, a steel cage death match divorce. One of those things. So if you're going through that right now, before you do something stupid, please understand here we are 30 years later, whatever it is, and we're the best of friends. So you can turn it around. And we will do a show on that. Um, I promise we will. It's just she gets so busy, um, I get so busy, and we just never seem to get around to planning it, but uh, we will. And with her background in social work and counseling, she has a lot of uh, great insights. But um, I don't mean to reveal too much here, and it's not about me. It's about an experience I've had helping you the uh, strongest words that led to our relationship being what it is now, the strongest words were, I am sorry for what I did. And when you say those words, um, they can be very powerful as long as you mean them. You can't just say the words if you don't mean it. You got to mean them. And you got to listen to what the other person has to say. And you got to take your lumps about the things you did that were wrong. And the same goes for the other person. And uh, it's if you're going through it right now, I just want you to have hope that you can, believe it or not, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next year, but at some point, especially if you've got kids together, you can develop a great relationship with your ex-spouse. And the fact of the matter is, my ex-wife is at every Bowerly family function. 
She is every bit a member of the family now as she was when we were married and vice versa with me. And quite frankly, that's a really, really good feeling. And um, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade the world for that. Um, it's just uh, it, it's it's an it's a nice feeling. What can I say now? I want to get into some other things. We had a call earlier, and I don't know how this is going to work. I've got two subjects I want to whip out on you, and I don't know if they're going to work. I'll know if nobody calls, but I think I think they're going to work. First of all, we had a lady calling in who is, uh, I think she said, 62 years old right now, and she wants to retire and doesn't exactly know. know, There's some health issues and longevity issues in the family, but talk to this person on the air about have you looked into retiring around the world? Because there are places, my friends, there are places you can live very cheaply. For example, the Philippines you can live very cheaply in the Philippines on not a lot of money. Some of you get a nice pension. Many people do not get a pension. You are depending on your Social Security, and you are depending on your 401K, or what's left of your 401K. So you're, you're depending on that, right? But have done some research into this, and there are countries like Belize, which would be like living in a tropical paradise. There are countries like Costa Rica, which absolutely beautiful, if you don't mind, the sand and sun and palm trees and spiders that'll eat your head off. You don't mind that. It's okay. And what's really interesting is, and Rambo Jim, I don't know if he's ever told us this, but Rambo Jim actually parachuted into Panama. Uh, he 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 might have mentioned that once or twice. I love Rambo Jim, and I repeat myself more than he does himself. So I'm just having fun with him. I've, he's called the show for decades. Come on, he rags on me, I rag on him. It's all in good fun. But Panama, believe it or not, ranks number one or very close to it on most lists of places Americans can retire who don't have a lot of money. Now, some countries, in order to get the uh, uh, the visa for the pensionados, whatever they're called, you have to be able to demonstrate an income of $2,000 a month between any annuities you have or uh, Social Security, pensions. But if you can demonstrate $2,000 a month, you are able to establish residency in, in some of these places, I believe, like Belize. There are other nations on this planet that you might never have thought of for retirement that are worth looking into. One of them would be Portugal. Look up Portugal. Portugal has excellent health care. Portugal is very highly rated as a place for Americans to retire. But it really would help if you learn Portuguese, which is a little bit like Spanish, but not the same as Spanish. Speaking of Spanish, Sp- uh, Spain is very highly rated as a place for Americans to retire. And I'm kind of curious if anybody listening to this show right now, anybody, 
has plans on retiring overseas. Typically, Americans, I'm going to retire and I'm going to move to Florida. Well, Florida can have a very high cost of living. Uh, The U.K., especially London, very high cost of living. And it's not the easiest country in which to establish residency. Basically, you get to England uh, or the U.K., and you got six months. After six months, you better do something about a visa because they're going to run your butt out of town in a big hurry. So do you plan on retiring outside of the United States when it is your time to retire? And speaking of retiring, at what age do you plan on retiring? And I know that some of you who are in your 20s, 30s, or 40s might be tempted to say, screw this, this doesn't apply to me. Take a little advice from your old buddy Tom you've been listening to since 1981, okay? That's true. Take a little advice. Those years will go by so freaking fast, you will not believe it. In the blink of an eye, Your infant is going to have kids of her own, and you are going to start paying close attention to arthritis ads. (laughs) It goes by so fast. So you got to think about these things. How many of you know people who have actually retired overseas? And let me throw something else at you. What age is the best age at which to retire? And here we get into something interesting, because when people of a certain age started working, our full retirement age for Social Security was 65. Well, that changed. Full retirement age for baby boomers after, was it 1960, is 67 years of age. That is when you get your full Social Security benefit. And you can increase that benefit the longer you delay retiring. But you also have to think about your family's life expectancy. All right? Now, I've you know what? I've, I've never done this as a topic, and I would like to get into this because sooner or later, unless you plan on working the rest of your life, you're going to have to address these issues. 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBE. And so um, you're getting back to it Uh, again. I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if it's going to suck. I have no idea. But when and and I want to open this up to people also who are in their 30s, who are in their 40s, who are in their 50s. When are you going to retire? What is your game plan? And if you retire at 62, Basically, and I'm going to just round things off here, you retire at 62. For the rest of your life, as long as you live, you're only going to get 70% of your Social Security benefits, which are based on your best 35 years of of income. So you're only going to get 70%. If you retire at 67, you will get 100% of the benefits to which you are entitled. And if you work until you're 70, you get even more money. But it's not too hard to figure out why, right? 
the longer you wait until you retire, the less you're going to live and the less they're going to have to pay out. And I have seen some research online that shows um, if you're not particularly expected to have a long life, retiring at 62 makes a lot of sense. But there's a big but here, and it is what happens when you don't work anymore and you're waiting until you're 65. Things go wrong with your body between the ages of 62 and 65 years old when you can go on Medicare. Now, if you get full Social Security disability, you can get the Medicare early, but good luck with that. But that's a big issue for a lot of people. They want to retire at 62, but they can't retire at 62 because they can't afford their own health insurance, okay? Uh, they can't find health insurance is going to be any good if they actually get sick and actually uh, actually need the health insurance. But I, I, it's a very interesting subject because um, you – it, it, is, it is my belief, and you might have some stories from your own life about people who retired young and then just withered away and did nothing and died. Um, you've got to retire – to something, not from something. We as human beings need some things to, to which we can look forward, right? The worst thing to do is retire at 62, even if you're married to a teacher or something with health care. The worst thing you can do is retire then and just vegetate around the house all day. You'll lose your memory, you'll lose your muscle tone, and you'll probably kick off in about three years. Seriously, people make all these grandiose plans and then they never actually have a chance to act on them, and which is actually uh, quite tragic. So if I had to synopsize everything we've talked about this part of the program, when do you plan on retiring? If you did retire, do you regret retiring at 62? Do you regret 65? Do you regret the fact that you're 78 and you're still working and you haven't claimed any of your benefits? I don't know why you do that, but I'm just putting it out there. Let me give you the phone number. I've got other stuff, too, to get into if this sucks. I, you know, I'm just taking a chance here, doing a little something unusual. 803-0930 is the phone number. Star 930 on the cell phone. And 1-800-616-WBEN. And the whole retirement thing, see, some of you uh, don't like your jobs. If, for some of you, working is not a pleasant thing to do. Um, I am not in that position. I rather enjoy what I do 95% of the time. Um, it's, it's, it's actually kind of fun, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, you take some abuse from people, whatever, kind of th thick-skinned after a while. But all right, let me, let me do, do the break, and then we'll get to hopefully some phone calls from you guys. Anybody know anybody who retired overseas? Anybody? Because there's articles all over the internet. We retired to Portugal. We retired to Costa Rica. Now we eat octopus 80 times a week. All right. 
right, welcome to the show. It's Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Well, you ingrates are gonna make me work today, the final half hour of the show. How dare you? It's a Monday and it's cold outside. Okay, I'm I'm just gonna put this topic out there one more time, okay? And it is about retirement. And we had a lady call in and she wants to retire at 62. And again, one of the big issues with people at 62, especially single people who don't have somebody else's benefits on which to fall back, is you're basically going to have to shop around for some uh, quality health care. you got to talk to Esther Goulias or somebody to get you hooked up or the financial guys. So, uh, that look, that that's a concern. Um, and there are charts online which show that you, your break-even point, let's put it this way, if you don't have a long family history of uh, longevity or you've got your own health issues, that retiring at 62 makes sense as long as you can afford to get health insurance because obviously it wouldn't be much good if you couldn't. Uh, but uh, it, it's, it's very, very uh, interesting and um do you plan on doing a 62? Do you plan on doing a 65? A 67? Are you going to go until you're 70 and just build up the amount of benefits uh, you could take? See, some of you who are in your 20s, 30s, and 40s listening to this show, you are saying the same thing I used to say when I was your age. Ah, Social Security is never even going to be around when it's time for me. It's going to be bankrupted. Well be surprised how fast 30 working years can go or 40 working years can go. Um, so don't, you know, you, you got to plan, you got to plan ahead. And of course, uh, some of you who work very, very hard uh, at certain jobs, in particular government jobs, you get nice pensions and nice benefits. Of course, you also busted your hump for 20 or 25 years to get them, but you got them. Uh, those of you who served in the armed forces, you've got the VA on whom you can uh, uh, rely uh, for your health issues. And it was kind of fun watching the football game yesterday with a young lady named April who served in the United States Army along with uh, Carrie, uh, who married Jim Kadrina on Saturday. And then we had a Navy guy sitting uh, one person away from me. And it was uh, that was a lot of fun. And the uh, the army lady um, is from Minnesota, but she said she was rooting for the Bills. I, I I'm not 100 percent sold on that. Does anybody in this audience know anybody who retired to a different country? Because supposedly online, notice how I didn't say supposedly. Supposedly. Online, I've, I've, I've read these articles like you wouldn't believe. There are large American expat communities all over the world. You'll find them in Belize. You'll find them in Costa Rica. Surprisingly, Panama is a very highly rated foreign country to which to retire. You can live very well there on money that you couldn't, you couldn't even live in Kenmore on it, but you can live in Panama on it very, very well. Um, and, of course, one of the things, as you think about retirement, and, again, if, if you're somebody who is younger, um, 
look, your health situation may be fine right now, okay? It might be everything coming up roses. Everything is absolutely terrific. But as you get older, you do understand that there is value in being close to top quality medical care. I mean, yeah, you can live on $2,000 a month in Belize, but if you suddenly need quad bypass, uh, that's a hell of a long flight to Miami. Hope you make it, basically. Uh, and and silly, silly things, too, like uh, retinal detachments, cataract surgery. Where you are going to move, is the health care any good? Now, supposedly, the health care is really good in Portugal, and it's really good in Spain. And the climate on the Iberian Peninsula is very hospitable. Now, one issue with Portugal is um, they're they're kind of like the California of Europe to the extent that uh, they've had some serious, severe, horrible earthquakes over the years in uh, Portugal. Lisbon was hit especially bad uh, several hundred years ago. We think about the San Francisco earthquake and fire. Well, in Portugal, <clears throat> their uh, nation's history was uh, was in uh, in Lisbon way back when. Um, but anybody out there know anybody who retired to a foreign country? And was it a wise decision? I'm going to go with no. <laughs> Apparently, the answer is no. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Are you, here's, here's another one here, okay? Uh, on the retirement vein, which came up during uh, the show with my uh, ex-wife. Um, at what age do you plan on retiring? Can you pull off 62? Can you do 65? Or are you going to wait until you are 67? Now, I could pull off 62, no problem. But I'll tell you, the, the health care stuff, that is something that is of great concern. As you become older, like I said, it's funny because you go to bed one day and everything is just fine. You wake up the next day, you stand up to take your morning urination and your knee cracks. It's just one of those things that happens, right? Uh, do you plan on, what age do you plan on um, retiring? And does anybody out there who did retire, okay, you retired, what new life did you start for yourself? Did you go back to school, for example? Did you take on another job? Did you take on another career? And for those of you who uh, lived in the uh, town of Tonawanda, uh, there was uh, there's a lady um, named uh, Rubenstein on the Kenmore Tonawanda Board of Education. And I hope I'm remembering this story correctly. But her husband had always wanted to be a medical doctor. Always. So he worked until he was in his 60s, maybe a little bit older, but I think it was in his 60s. And in his 60s, he went to medical school. And he was able to fulfill a long-term dream of becoming a medical doctor. I think his first name was Harry. He's actually the guy who did my checkout for the FAA back when I could pass it. <laughs> that ain't happening now. But I, I think that's a remarkable story. 
And everybody that you listen to, and I, I hope you'll forgive this cliche, everybody that you listen to says you, <clears throat> you don't retire from things. You retire to things. And I just, I wonder what story you've got about the second life you found after you retired from the rat race, which was a pretty good movie, by the way, and I think it's still on Netflix. It's an ace. It's an ace. You should have bought a squirrel. Remember that? All right. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. You know, there's another topic that I want to bring up, and uh, <clears throat> maybe maybe this one will suck too. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I am rather fond of it. Um, there is a problem with some medications. It's a problem with some medications. Um, people are not able to find what they need. Um, one of the issues is that there are some medications that are used by type 2 diabetics, injections. And one of the side effects from some of these medications is weight loss. There are injectable drugs out there that typically, if you meet a certain criteria of uh, body mass, you can actually get a prescription for what are diabetes 2 drugs. You can get a prescription for weight loss. And it is not unusual with some of these drugs for people to experience a 10 or 15% loss of weight. Um, there is, uh, for example, Sendexa is a drug that people are using to lose weight. Uh, what's the other one? Ozempic, is that, am I saying that right? That, that's one. Uh, I saw an article over the weekend about type 2 diabetics having a hard time finding, I, I, I think the name is Ozempic, but I, I might be wrong. I don't have diabetes, so I don't remember the name uh, offhand. But the problem is people are using it to lose weight, and the people who need it to manage their type 2 diabetes aren't able to find it. And yesterday at a pharmacy, Yesterday at a pharmacy, and pharmacy to which I go, I love it because I just meet so many nice people there. Yesterday, there's a gentleman who, uh, <laughs> the, the pharmacy locked its keys behind a locked door. So literally had to pry open the screen. I, it's very hard to describe it, but this guy was the coolest guy ever. You, you looked it up, Josh. The diabetes type 2 medication was uh, Ozempic? Yes, it was. It was. Uh, I, I just did a quick Google search, and it, it shows like the correct medical name, and then Ozempic is the brand name. I have no idea how to pronounce the medical name. Gotcha. I well, couldn't even attempt it. <laughs> well, some of the, like Sandexa is another medication that uh, is, I believe, a diabetes type 2 drug, but people are using it to lose weight. And when they prescribe it, what they do is they give you titrated doses. In other words, they start you on a low dose. And then after a week, they increase the dose. After another week, they increase it again. And I think after six weeks, you get up to the maximum dose. And what that does is it reduces your appetite. 
Um, now, there are people who are taking some of the uh, diabetes type 2 medications, which basically are making them nauseous. Uh, I know somebody who doesn't have type 2 diabetes, but this person is taking a diabetes drug, and the reason this person is losing weight is because she is not keeping food down, which isn't really healthy for your teeth. It'll wear the enamel off your teeth, and it's not healthy for your vocal cords whatsoever. So um, diabetics, to, to wrap up this thought, diabetics are getting a little bit upset that they can't find their meds because people are using them to lose weight, which is just one of the uh, serendipitous side effects of some of these medications. Uh, but children's Tylenol, uh, Tim Wenger pointed out today, children's Tylenol is in very short supply. And do, do you guys ever remember a time when so many things were in such short supply in the United States of America? Oh, yeah. Now you guys call? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Hmm. I still love you, but you should have called 20 minutes ago. Come on. You're just being mean now. But anyway, children's, children's Tylenol is, is very hard to find. And at the pharmacy yesterday, and by the way, I'm sure you've noticed it, people at pharmacies are busting their humps, just like any other line of endeavor. Pharmacies are having a real hard time finding people that actually want to work. And when they do work, keep an eye on them because they're buzzing around like busy bees. I don't know how they do it. But uh, the pharmacy I went to yesterday, and like I said, I love the pharmacy I am forced to go to because I just meet the coolest people in the pharmacy, just really nice people. And um, the pharmacy was out of hydrocodone. And this poor fella was in total agony with his shoulder. And he waited, he waited, and he waited, only to be told, sorry, we're out of hydrocodone. Like, seriously? Out of it? And then the next person who came in also needed it. Uh, and they didn't have it. And I, I don't know if, if this would be a good topic or not. Uh, have you run into a shortage of, of medications? It's almost like toilet paper redux. Remember when toilet paper was worth a bar of gold, practically? Uh, anyway, uh, thank you uh, very much, guys, for the program today. I'm sorry the topics in the last hour sucked. Didn't really light a fire under you. I'm not offended. I just have some self-doubt. and going to mutilate myself when I get home probably. But anyway, um, I'm going to be off uh, tomorrow and Wednesday to have some fun. Joe Beamer will be sitting in. And Josh Schmidt did a wonderful job. And uh, Josh, when Joe is here, please tell Joe that since he wears his hoodie when he works out on the elliptical, I have my spies, he's going to have to wear his hoodie sitting behind the microphone four hours on this show. He'll wonder how you have that intelligence, but you're not going to tell him. We're going to play head games with Joe. <laughs> All right. Joe Beamer is going to do a great job sitting in. He always does on uh, News Radio 930 WBEN.